Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Grief Gang podcast. This week, it's a guest episode in which I was joined by the lovely Emma Winterschladen. Fantastic last name, by the way. Emma is an editor at Beast Magazine and a food and travel editor for Liz L Wellbeing, as well as being a freelance writer and illustrator. I came across Emma via the ever-resourceful Instagram and fell into a deep rabbit hole once I discovered her fantastic writing. The only way I can describe Emma's writing for me is it's all those jumbled up feelings inside that you just don't know how to put into words. And for somebody who is completely illiterate, it, her writing just hits the nail on the head. Her writing is stunning and I can't sing its praises enough. In this episode, we speak of how Emma's mum, Jenny, died from breast cancer. We'll find a lot in this episode that Emma can recall a lot of the food that tie in with very specific points during her mum's illness and death. Her memory is phenomenal. You can tell she's a right foodie and I'm here for it. So without further ado, I'd like you all to meet Emma Winterschladen. Happy listening. So, Emma, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> My first ever podcast. How are you feeling about it? Feeling good. Yeah? Yeah. You've caught me you've caught me on a good day. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I'm <laughs> feeling the energy. Yeah. You've caught me on a good month, actually. I'm feeling very, I was just saying to you before, feeling very grounded yeah. at the minute and positive. Why do you think that is? Well, it can't be the state of the world yeah. because that is... <laughs> In an absolute shitstorm. <laughs> shit yeah. Um, I don't know why it is. I think I've come out of hibernation mm-hmm. um, a little bit. Yeah. And I think I had a few months of working through, mm. I think winter. Winter's not good yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. No, I know it's not that. for lots of people, no, is it? Sun babies. Um, yeah. And I think it's a time, but you know, I'm fine to go through the seasons of yeah. life and the yeah. seasons of myself. And yeah. I think I sort of January... I mean, I spoke to a lot of people and they've said yeah. January was a shocker. It's awful. February, I actually like February. My birthday's in Did, February. Yeah, are you February? What are you, Pisces, Aquarius? I'm a cusp. Oh, yeah. you're on the nose. Yeah, so I've gone through my whole life thinking I'm an Aquarius. <laughs> and um, reading all those horoscopes. Yeah, and yeah. then 
I think it's changed actually because then now when I read a horoscope, I'm a Pisces. Yeah, yeah you and I'm having an identity crisis. Yeah. <laughs> an, as- an astro identity yeah. crisis, even though I don't particularly. Like, am I the fish? Am I the. I know, am I a water carrier? Yeah. Um, yeah, I like February. And I think it was a good February for yeah, me. Yeah. Um, and I think I've come into March. I feel like I'm yeah. blossoming a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And I want to, I kind of want to. Um, pass around my good energy yeah 100% pay it forward why not why not and that's a good thing to do to want to share yeah. your energy share it I think why not keep, you don't want to keep it all to yourself why exactly not too much of yeah. it I'm overfilling <laughs> with it um, yeah but it'll be interesting to see how this this chat goes because I think yeah. one of the things when you are in quite a grounded space um, is that you are also in quite an open hearted space yeah. and I think that especially when we're talking about grief, is when lots of things can kind of come in yeah. and, you know, they've maybe been Say waiting hello. on the sideline yeah. thinking, okay, you're too stressed at yeah. the minute, you've got I'm, too much work, you're not ready for me. And I think my grief is sort of, it's definitely rearing its head a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, and not necessarily in a bad way, yeah. but it's saying, okay, I think that you're ready for me. For me, yeah, let's, in different forms. Yeah, let's maybe. dance. Yeah, <laughs> let's do this. Yeah, so, I mean, we can talk about that a little bit, but I did, yeah. yeah, I had a bit of a moment a few days ago where I was, yeah, I was in my, my conservatory yeah, and the sun was flooding through the window, the birds were tweeting and, you know, I had work on, but I just felt really chilled about it. Yeah. And this does not happen to me very often. Yeah. And um, I saw this sitting there and it just plopped out of nowhere. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'll talk about it. I can yeah. talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, def- def- just right. jumping ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we've got into how you feel your energy. Yeah, but my energy. We don't know who you are. Yeah, who am I? Tell us who you are um, and what you do, how old you are. Yeah. Paint I, them a picture. I paint a picture of myself. I'm. Emma Winterschladen. Great last name. Um, long last name. <laughs> and I am 29. As we said, just turned 29. <laughs> um, and I'm from Newcastle. Um, but I live in London. Mm-hmm. I don't actually live in London. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to live in London. Yeah. I'm in London now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I live in Devizes, Wiltshire. Yeah. With my lovely boyfriend. Shout out to Tom. But... Um, <laughs> I've just bought a house in East London. Lovely. So I'm about to move. Oh, well, um, you have to go from Wiltshire to East. Yeah. Well, I'll kind of, yeah. I'll be in, I'll be in East London during the week, yeah. which would be really yeah. nice. And I think it's time for me to come back. I yeah. lived in Hackney for a few, oh, wow. for um, a few years ago. Mm. And the countryside was what I needed. Yeah. And now I think the, Not anymore, now the city. I want to come back what to you city. Needed. Yeah. yeah, I can hear that. Um, yeah. And in terms of what I do... I am a freelance editor, writer, and illustrator. Mm-hmm. And my current uh, roles, main roles at the minute, are I'm editor of an East London magazine mm-hmm. called Beast. And I'm also food and travel editor of Lizelle Wellbeing magazine. Lovely. Um, and then I do bits of freelance yeah, writing on the side. So. Amazing. Very booked and busy. Yeah. But I've definitely been trying to create a bit more space for yeah. myself. Yeah. Um, because last year was just a bit of a um, bit of a burnout year, yeah, I think. Yeah. So I kind of ground to a halt yeah. in December. Yeah. And uh, thought, yeah, no, I've got to 
yeah, say no to a few things. Time gotta out, take yeah. some time. Of course, yeah. As much as it's lovely to say yes to everything and you yeah. know the doors open, sometimes, sometimes you've no got to go. Good. Yeah. The power of no. The power the of no. The power of no. No yeah. is my favourite word. Yeah, <laughs> mine as well. So Emma, there's also a reason why you were on this podcast with me. It is indeed. It is indeed. Um a little brief nutshell to how we came across each other. So mm-hmm. um I stumbled across your page via Instagram, the lovely grief community. Um, it is a brilliant grief community, isn't it? It's fantastic. I can't sing its praises enough. Um, and I came across your page and your writing, which I want to go more later, because mm-hmm. um, I adore it. And for someone who is completely illiterate, I didn't even get an, <laughs> English, I didn't get an English GCSE. So, yeah, but I can appreciate a beautiful yeah. piece of writing and poetry. And when... I saw yours, I thought, oh, this is just stunning. Um, and yeah, you've been nothing but lovely. And I'm so happy you're on this with me. Delighted yeah, to be There's a reason why you were on this. So could you tell the followers and the listeners and the guests of the world yeah. um, why, why you I'm are here. part of the Grief Gang? Yeah, I mean, I, I've i had a few losses mm-hmm. um, in my life. But my main one, I think the one we'll, we'll talk about, is yeah. my lovely mum, Jenny. Yeah. Um, and she died in 2007, mm-hmm. December the 20th, was a bit of a shitter. Yeah. Um, and she had breast cancer, and she was 45, oh, which, yeah. I mean, for me now, I think she died when I was 16. 16, yeah. Sure. Um, again, not a great age. I mean, it's never a great age. Um, yeah. But, I mean, my poor, I always think of my little brother, Jack, and he was 12. Yeah. Oh, and that actually... Just you and your brother? Me and my brother. Yeah. Um, and my dad. Yeah. And they were, yeah, so they were married uh, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so she died then. I was 16. And I think the age thing is an interesting one because... Definitely. 45. 45 never felt like an an old age Not for her to die. You Not know. at all. No, and I always remember, actually, when we were um, the funeral home, which was at the bottom of our road, which was both comforting and a little disconcerting mm-hmm. when she was in there. And we went to go and visit her. And on the door, I always remember that it said, Jenny Winchlarden, 45. And then it mm. had another lady, 90. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, it's double. Yeah. You know, that is, yeah. you know, my mum is... I think that should have been you. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking that lady, sort of, as she hit my mum's age, my mum was just born. Yeah. So I always think of that. Yeah. And then I also think of it because my partner, Tom, is... Um, older than me and he's yeah. just had his 40th birthday yeah and i have to say that feels that feels just a little bit too close for comfort yeah um i think it quite scares you yeah i think it's you know i think i'm naturally quite morbidly morbid <laughs> <laughs> i think i've always been even before my mum died um and i think that's one thing that grief has done for me is you know death is ever present in yeah. my day yeah um i poor tom i mean honestly <laughs> Yes, yeah, who's saying? Yeah, I'm yeah. saying. Oh, I know. He, the thing. I mean, I'm, I'm just intense. I am intense. Yeah. And he he often calls it the roller coaster of Winchladen, and Aww. you know, and I will often say to him when we're in bed, "Please don't die." <laughs> and he's just like, "I'm I'm not planning on yeah. anytime soon, but thanks." I'm like, "Don't die." It's just that we have that. We know how quickly something can be stripped from you. Mm. So when we have these people in our lives, I think for them. Uh, definitely my partner it can feel intense of 
why the fuck are you telling this yeah. me? Oh, I don't want to do for my day. Yeah, what no, what are you doing? Sake, I'm just enjoying my day and trying to have a cup us, of tea. Yeah, we're not, in our minds, we're not actually trying to dampen the mood. No. But sometimes it is. But we just, we just want to let them know that we love them. Yeah, and bring that, it into, the, yeah. yeah. And I think that's something with the whole grief conversation is, and why I think these podcasts are so amazing mm. and people talking about it more is to actually bring the conversation of grief yeah. um, and death mm-hmm. into the everyday for people who maybe haven't experienced yeah. um, a, a huge big loss. Mm. And, you know, I've sp- I met someone, um, as I have been doing, meeting lots of people within the community, and she said to me, um, the term she used was pre-bereaved. Yeah. And I think that was a brilliant, so true, brilliant yeah. way to um, put it. And she's setting up... Um, a group. I won't mention it because I don't know how far along yeah. they are. But um, but yeah, it was that to me. I just thought, you know, it's such a going through. It's twelve years now, yeah. thirteen years, maybe. Um, and actually, in so many ways, I I don't feel like I've spoken about it mm. with so many of the important people in my life yeah. who haven't yeah. had a big loss. Yeah. Now the people who have, I mean, we have a, a very open mm-hmm. just dialogues about it. But not always, and it's mm. still not... I think the language isn't yet there to just... Yeah, there's a long way to go. Yeah, to just bring it up at go. a dinner party. You know, yeah. I don't. I wouldn't feel comfortable sitting at a dinner party and suddenly saying, you know... So this really funny story about my mum. Yeah, who, who, yeah. You know, she's not here, head. but, yeah. you know, I don't feel... I yeah. feel like I'd be hijacking people a little yeah, bit Yeah, and they'd that. be like, oh, oh, I didn't expect that. Yeah. But, you know, what a world it would be if it, we can get to a point of that. We can just talk and we can, we can sort of, in the moment... Because at the end of the day, these them. people were... They were once living and breathing and probably would have attended these dinner parties and your life and whatever was included. So why now that they're not here, do we not have the right or the comfortability to talk about yeah. them? Um and be amazing to be able to have that I mean and I think bit by bit like yeah with podcasts like mine with pages like yours and just everybody just breaking it down and realizing it's not that bad like Mm. it's really not that bad like and I just think just the stigma with grief it's obviously sadness but there is happiness in grief and there's positivity so yeah just when we're talking about our dead mums I'm not actually trying to be sad. I'm just, I'm actually quite happy. I'm in a happy place talking yeah, about her. I want to talk about her. I want to talk about my mum. Because she yeah. was funny, she was lovely, she was amazing. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, we don't just go into the nitty gritty of it. Um, <laughs> Probably go into the nitty gritty now. You're not, you know, <laughs> yeah, you definitely are today. But, you know, just. <laughs> I'm not going to drop it with you and I invite yeah, you for supper. You know what I Should mean? Should I tell you how my mum died? <laughs> yeah, how awful it was. <laughs> um, So, rolling on. So, so, can you take me back to. Like mum's in the early days, so mum's diagnosis. Yeah. Do have you, have you, you have not fond memories, that's not oh the God, right word, but very vivid. So from yeah. mum's diagnosis. I mean, I mean, the context before she was diagnosed is that I was, to paint a picture of me 12 years ago, uh, I was 16. Mm-hmm. I was... Um, sassy probably uh, bossy <laughs> probably still all of those things but um a bit more grown up hopefully um i was very much at a stage in my life where all i wanted to do was pursue my crushes snog my crushes um of which i had many and i wanted to go underage clubbing to yeah. be honest that yeah. is where I was at priorities and yeah. I mean and it really was that moment that mum 
got diagnosed was almost this real transitional moment for me mm-hmm. where um so I would have been just when she got diagnosed um just coming up 15 maybe mm. no just coming up 16 okay and we were very much all with our um faking ID yeah and yeah. we were um trying to get into clubs around Newcastle yeah. and we were getting dolled up to the nine <laughs> uh, I look back and I cringe at this photo um <laughs> And, yeah, I was sort of in, in that stage where I was flying the nest a little bit mm. and I wanted um, to sort of do my own thing. Yeah. And, and I was really and I was really feeling that. I really mm. wanted to assert my independence. Finding you. Finding yeah. who I was. And, you know, it was a difficult time in some ways. Uh, Mum and I were our kindred spirits. And yeah. we are very, very similar mm. in our disposition and how we see the world and... Um, and you know, speaking to my gran and grandpa, um, who who just di- both who died a few over the past year yeah. ago, um, you know, I think mum had the same thing at that age, mm. and I was very lucky that I was brought up, um, and it feels like one of the greatest privileges that mm. I was brought up in a very secure and stable yeah. home, and I've with a very deep rooted sense of mm. love and yeah. security that I felt I could go out into the world yeah. and you know have fun, and then I had always had come a back, place to come so, back yeah. to, yeah. You have a home. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's that's where I was at. The diagnosis um, was, I remember it very well, because it was Boxing Day, was it? 2006. And I was in the dining room, and I was, um, I've always been a doodler, a drawer. And I think I was just working on a, a drawing yeah. um, of some, and I remember it really well because I had a plate, and food is a, a big part of my work, yeah. um, um, my life. Um, and I had a plate of um, leftovers, yeah. and I remember I had this sticky glazed um, gammon. Um, oh. I had a pile of Stilton cheese, yeah. like you've not seen. I had <laughs> chutney, you know, you get chutneys in yeah, your stocking. Yeah. I had chutneys, and I had it all, and I was. I remember being just, I was really enjoying myself, having mm, a moment yeah. by myself. And, and I remember the door opened behind me. Mum came in. And I hadn't even realised, I don't think, that she'd popped out. Yeah. She came in and I sort of heard her go, <sighs> and I turned and looked at her. And you just know, the moment I looked at her face yeah. and I said, what's wrong? Yeah, yeah. And I was quite... You seem off. I was quite aggressive in, in, in and I think throughout the whole process, which we can talk about as well, that mm. I was very very defensive, I was very angry yeah. about the whole thing. And because I'm very much the sort of person who wants to know everything, mm-hmm. um, so I said, you know, what, what's wrong? Yeah. Something's wrong. And she goes, oh, baby, it's not good news. And I was like, what, what, yeah, what, what? Yeah. And she goes, I've just got back from the doctors. And, you know, and she broke down crying. She's like, well, breast cancer. And I'm like, again, didn't yeah. cry. I was like, what do you mean? Well, what does this mean? Are you going to yeah. die? Are you gonna? Yeah. I was literally like, are you going to die? Just the question. And yeah. now I look back and think, oh God, that's not <laughs> what she needed, is it? Because she was obviously, and it turns out she'd gone to the doctor um, a few months ago. So mm. she'd been sitting with it for a few months yeah. um, with a cyst and, you know, another part of the anger, which I, I won't go into too much, but she, she got misdiagnosed quite a few times. Yeah. She got fobbed off actually mm. very much, you know, don't worry, don't worry. It's nothing. Nothing. Yeah. It's a cyst. It's a cyst. And, um, you know, one thing I would say for anyone listening, if you have a sense in your body that something is wrong, you push fight and you, and you, and you advocate for your own health. Because yeah. so often I think as women, it's we know our bodies and Talks to us. she knew something wasn't right. And it was eventually she went to go and see a doctor, a female doctor. Mm-hmm. 
won't say it, but yeah, it was a ma- it was a male doctor who had fobbed her off across yep. the months. Went to see a female doctor, and the doctor just before Christmas had said, um, "I'm not happy with this. I I need you to go into the hospital right now, yeah. and I want I want to get this checked out as soon as possible." And she she said that the doctor was quite annoyed yeah, in a way that, that, happened, it had, yeah. that it had gone so anyway and it but it was very much at that stage you know it was it's a early stage yeah. it's containable it's yep. in induct um carcima mm-hmm. um it's 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 all good manageable it's, it's manageable yeah. we're gonna get it it's very much um she was put in for a mastectomy mm-hmm. january straight away oh, got the ball rolling got the ball rolling you know um in mastectomy um chemotherapy and then radiotherapy yeah and that's and and it all happened quite quickly it was very you know I remember for me I think um I I sort of was like right head down let's just get this over with let's just let's do yeah so I wasn't very present I don't think emotionally I think I just shut down as a way to deal with it yeah um I shut down in a way but I also so over that period of time I was I mean I'm trying, was it Google or was it Ask Jeeves? Might have been Ask Jeeves <laughs> yeah. back then. Was Jeeves. it Ask Jeeves? <laughs> Whatever it was, I was on it on the computer until sort of 3 a.m. Yeah. Pretty much every night Picking in a apart. wormhole yeah. of research studies. And, you know, of course, the internet wasn't quite what it is today. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I just remember one day I was on, you know, this, like on Harvard study of, um, statistics and yeah. you know it's a very dark it's not mm. not happy no place. it's not yeah sugar-coated um, at all but it it also made me feel like I had a sense of control over something I yeah. didn't have control yeah. over yeah um, getting the info yeah, yeah I just wanted I wanted to be equipped with the info mm-hmm. and that's one thing I've had to really deal with over the, the rest of my life mm-hmm. is that need that I do have to yeah. try and control situations yeah. by trying to learn everything I can about them and also to surrender to the fact that you just, some things are just Out beyond your control, control yeah. you know, and yeah. you can't. And, you know, and it was another thing that when I had, um, I went through a bout of depression in my um, third year of university. And that was a similar thing, you know, until the moment that I realised, and it was my friend Chloe who said, and grief and depression are a funny thing, I think. Oh, yeah. they, they're hand in hand. They're hand they in love hand, each they're friends, other. yeah. <laughs> um, and, but it was actually my friend Chloe, who's a doctor who's, whose dad and mum are doctors and knew me very well. It was only when she said to me, and I've been wanting to say this for a while, but you, I think you, you're depressed. And the moment she said that to me, I was just yeah. like, what? Oh. Better go and do research on it. So then... <laughs> Where's that laptop? Research my way out of depression. <laughs> Turns out, doesn't work. You've got to sort of... You know, there's steps you can do. But like, Let me just Google that. Yeah, I'm like, Google it. Right, well, I'm on Google. And I'm, 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 I am like that. And I think, um, but it's important that, to know, you know, there are some things you just can't have control yeah. of and you have to be present for. Mm-hmm. And Ride it out. So, yeah, so that's what happened. That was her diagnosis. Yeah. Um, and sort of into her treatment. Yeah. So then how, so mum was diagnosed when you were coming up um, at 16. So mm. how long from diagnosis to when mum passed? And what yeah. was it, what was like seeing mum yeah deteriorate and well weird so mum actually didn't deteriorate well so what happened was we she got her a boob off in january and you know she was all clear by 
be all clear, she yeah, says, red yeah. in her eyes. Quote unquote. Um, quote unquote. Um, she, was do- she was cleared, I would say, in the June. Okay. And, you know, that's another thing for me. Mm, her saying, oh, don't worry, I don't need to go back for another scan for three months. And I'm there going, what? Three months? Yeah. So much can happen in three yeah, months, yeah. though, Mum. Why three months? And she goes, look, let's just trust the doctors. Yeah. Um, yeah and yeah. it was... So what happened was then all clear... We went on holiday to France, um, and it was, in many ways, it was a lovely mm. final holiday yeah. because we have spent so much of our childhood growing up yeah. um, going to campsites. Yeah. Very much a camping family around France. Oh. And and then we went through this stage in the early noughties when the internet came and everyone yeah. was going to sort of Spain. Yeah, and like, branching out. Yeah, branching yeah. out. And we did that. And it was quite nice to have that final holiday because mum couldn't fly at yeah, that point. She was a bit yeah. delicate. Um so we had this holiday where we'd actually been a few years before um, and I'd had my first fling, Ooh. my snog fling. So I had, <laughs> I just lo- I had such fond memories oh, of France, that place. Yeah. Um, so we went there and it was, it was, it was lovely and I'm glad to have those memories. Mm. But you know, I look back and I just see such worry and sadness. Yeah. Yeah. I think she just was so weighed down by yeah. it and I think we were all so determined to just have a nice time everything's normal under come on everything's carpet. good yeah. under the car yeah. onwards and upwards yeah. and I think she I think she knew I think she was worried it was going to come back and yeah. she had a pain in her side and she sort of said a little bit about it and and then she she said oh I'm gonna I'll get it checked out when I go back and of course I said um well, it's obviously your cancer's come back. Yeah. And she said, oh, don't say that. Don't yeah. be silly. Don't be so... And I just... I don't know. It's very much the being the realist. Yeah. I was yeah. very much... I was... Yeah. I didn't want to beat around the bush. Yeah. But but, but I was also just so scared as well. Mm. And I... I'm, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then I remember we... We went to Disneyland. Mm. I mean... FYI, Disneyland is not the place yeah. to go when yeah. everyone's feeling a bit stressed right, and under yeah. the weather. And there is something just that contrast. It's of a bit morbid, isn't it? Yeah, you're, it's like forced fun. Yeah, you're in the most magical place yeah, in the world. And really, but your family life is yeah, it's in disarray. Crumbling. It was. Yeah. And I think and I think that moment was, you know, mum was there and we were just like, let's go on this ride, let's go on this. Yeah. And at one point in the day, mum just went, oh, I'm just so exhausted, please, I just want to go home. Oh. And she just burst out crying, and I yeah. was just like, I was like, oh, God. And I think, remember Jack going, um, Jack going, why is mum, why is mum moon in the day? You know, oh, she, he's very much like, he just didn't yeah. understand it, because he was not, such a little wee one. Yeah. And then um, she came back, and I, and I wrote about this in my first um, newsletter, which mm. um, I've just sent the second one out, called The Hungry Heart. And it was as we went into the autumn mum had this renewed sense of you know she was going to see about getting her boobs reconstructed mm-hmm. and it was a real moment of um optimism actually yeah. and and I feel that every autumn for mm. me it autumn has this sense of um optimism yeah. and what it can starting bring again and and starting and again yeah. um and I and, and it wasn't to be because she then you know I remember she went to go and see someone to get the boobs done and then she went back to work um, and I always remember the first day she came down the stairs, she had a new pack lunch, she was on a new diet to lose a bit oh. of weight, and she had this real sense of excitement, yeah. hopeful excitement yeah, though, yeah. Um, I don't think she took it for granted, and then, but of course she had this pain, and mm. she went back, and I hate to say it, she got misdiagnosed another four Again. times. Four times. Yeah, they said, uh, 
yeah, it was, you know, oh, it's a pulled muscle, don't worry. Then it was, oh, I think you've got virus. Then it was, I think you've got gallstone. Gall yeah. It was like, think, think, yeah, think, think, but all you're this, not, don't worry, you're don't. Not. And, and then eventually, I mean, and this was the real, the real kicker was I, and I've never wrote about this before. I've wrote about it in my notes on my phone, but mm. it was that, that moment I'd, I'd woke up one day in October, so coming towards November, mm. and I, I had a, a very real sense that I just didn't want to go to school that day. Yeah. Just didn't want to. Sixth sense. Yeah, I don't I didn't know why. I just was all I wanted to do was sit in front of the TV mm. and watch America's Next Top Model. <laughs> Great. Love show. it, <laughs> by the way. Um and I remember sitting on also on a chair that I, I didn't it was just weird. I was yeah. just sitting on this like not very comfortably, but sort of on this chair really near the, the TV, mm. intently watching episode after episode after episode. And then I remember mum saying, um, oh, I'm, I'm going to see the doctor today to get to the bottom of this yeah. pain. And I said, okay. I, I mean, I do, honestly don't even think I looked over my shoulder. I yeah. just said, yeah, yeah, yeah cool, right, whatever, yeah. whatever. And um, she went, and then probably about an hour and a half later, she came back. Mm. And then dad was there. And I remember the moment I saw dad, because yeah. he's at work, right. I sort of weird. went, oh, that's weird. I was like, why are you here? Yeah. And they just, both of them looked like gutted. Defeated. Is it just, yeah, defeated, actually. Yeah. That's the word. They just both look. And then mum just goes, oh, it's back. Motherfucker's back. And oh. I was like, oh my God. And yeah. then, of course, what did I do? I knew it. I yeah, knew it. Yeah. I knew it. Told you so. Told you so. I yeah. knew it. I knew. So I was like, I was so annoyed. I just knew that was. I told you this three months ago. Again, not what someone who's just been told <laughs> they've got uncurable cancer wants yeah, to hear. Yeah. But I was so angry about it. And then of course Jack was up. Um, actually, I think they had to go and pick Jack up from school. Mm. And you know that breaks my heart thinking about that because yeah. poor little Jack. They had to sit Jack down and say, I mean the words were, it's uncurable but mm. it's treatable. Yeah. So that for me was, and this is this was the beginning for me of the lowering of expectations mm. because you know I went from thinking I'm gonna have my mum for yeah. years, yeah, and then the conversation there was very much, it's uncurable but it's treatable. People live for ten years with this, mm, so of course I'm there. Time frames already gone, yeah. but of course I'm thinking. So in that moment, I'm thinking. So my mum's probably not even going to be around when I get married yeah. in my late 20s, and yeah. my early 30s. And I remember being devastated by mm. that, just thinking it's so unfair. Oh, cruel. So, yeah, how cruel, it's so unfair. But the 10 years, I kind of I clung on to yeah, that a little yeah, bit. Saying 10, I thought okay, 10 years, okay. 10 years, 10 years. You almost start trying to maybe live your life yeah. in that 10. You think, okay, fuck. Yeah, I was thinking, um, what can I do? Can I get married? Can I find a baby? Yeah. What can I do that my mum can be present yeah. here for I in was this 10 years? It was so weird because yeah. it was almost like everything changed. Yeah. The sort of scale changed from... And then I remember saying, and then they had to tell Jack, and it was very much along those lines. And poor little Jack had no, he didn't get it, obviously, mm. he was 12. But but I remember him saying, are you going to die? Mm. And you just sort of like, and then mum goes, well, no, not anytime soon. Yeah. You know, not, not going to die She's anytime. not saying, yeah, she's not saying no. She's not, she was, yeah, and yeah. that's when it sort of, the conversation shifted a bit, mm. because it wasn't, don't worry, I'm going to kill, she's I'm very much, I'm going to kill the buggers. Yeah. You know, the beginning yeah. it was like, I'm going to kill the buggers. Yeah. She was sort of very feisty and yeah. very sort of, and um, and then it, it was, yeah, no, not yet mm. kind of thing. And that was in the November and she went on a new course of treatment and she sort of became iller mm. quickly. Yeah. 
but we very much thought that was the treatment, the medic. Yeah, yeah, chemo, yeah. And then she, um, and I always remember coming back from day from school and she's bright yellow. Yeah. And I sort of, and petrified. And I, and I opened the shutters and I sort of went, <gasps> Yeah, gasp. And, yeah. and at this point, she's bald. Yeah. And and she and and it was well, quite. It's so funny how you have dark humour, but she goes, <laughs> "Don't say it. I look like Homer fucking Simpson." Then <laughs> <laughs> she did. Honestly, she looked like Homer Simpson. <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> and then she, you even literally opened. She just sat there, fucking. Dumb. Yeah, she was like livid. She's like, <laughs> and you look at it now, and I think I, then I went to my friend Chloe, who I'd sp- I just mentioned before. Yeah. And I went to her house, and she, but mum was very much like, it's the treatment, it's the treatment. Yeah. Went to her house, and Chloe's mum, as I said, Pam and Eric, her parents are doctors, and mm. I think I remember saying to Pam, I said, she said, Emma, how's your mum? Mm. And I said, uh, yeah, I think, I think, I think it seems like the treatment's going okay. Yeah. Um, she's yellow though. Like, yeah, ha, ha, she looks like Homer Simpson, and I just yeah. remember seeing Pam's face, Going, and she said. Yeah. Oh, darling, no, that's not the treatment. Mm. That's the cancer. Yeah. And I sort of went, what? And she says, that's her liver. Yeah. You need to, she needs to go and see someone about that. And then that happened. And then um, we're getting close to Christmas now. Mm-hmm. So it's quite long-winded, this. But, uh, no, no, this is um, the story. Yeah, story. this is the story. So we're getting quite close to Christmas. And Christmas always a pretty stressful time mm. in our house because my dad used to work in a department store. Okay. Um, and he was, it was all handy, who is the manager of the wine department apartment and yeah. um it's always very much hands on deck at yeah. that time so he's never throughout the years really had any time over christmas yeah. and he's always you know it's always like oh i don't think i could do another christmas don't think i could do another christmas yeah, I can't do it. um it's always been fine but like this christmas particular christmas he because i don't think we quite knew the imminency mm. um he was still working yeah. quite late um, and he had one day off i remember he had one day off and he would have wanted to spend it with mum. Of course, yeah. And actually, mum, we were all going to go shopping together. Yeah. And mum woke up that day and she couldn't go shopping. She was just not well enough. And so, but she was very much like, you know, you've got to go, we've go. got to get Christmas presents. Yeah, you've got yeah, to go shopping. Yeah. And I remember dad was pretty, I mean, it's the last thing he wanted to do was to go into Newcastle yeah. and go shopping. go shopping, especially where he spends all his de- time in there. Yeah. And he said, um, so we went shopping and had a, you know, pretty stressful day yeah. shopping. Yeah. Came back, mum was you know not very well and it turned out that was the last day actually that he had off before mum died yeah and I think he's just you know kicked himself about yeah. that and felt a lot of guilt and anger um you know he wasn't to know but I think he really struggled with that was the yeah. sort of last yeah. time and then how it all came about was um so that happened and then we all went down south to see my cousin in a play, mm-hmm. which is I love you, Alfie, but <laughs> it was really random. I don't know why we went down to go see that. We never go, really went down to Portsmouth yeah, at all. Went, yeah. it was, and it was so far away. Yeah, but Newcastle I think Newcastle's Portsmouth, yeah. blimey. But I think the thinking was, Mum wasn't feeling too well, and she actually went into hospital the day we went down mm. to go for a checkout, and she actually never came out. But mm. um, I think the thinking was, you know, I think Mum needs a little bit of space and. Gran was looking, my gran was looking after her. Mm. So kind of get her out of hair work yeah, until she feels better. Yeah. So we all went down to go and see James and the Giant Peach, I remember. Oh. And um, and this is the moment when I say the expectations. So we were there and we went to go and see this play, came back and we were all, and I was prepping strawberries with mm. my auntie, Auntie Louise, yeah. um, in the kitchen. And we were 
deheading the strawberries. Yeah. And she said something like, um, what, what, oh, let me think. She goes, she goes, Emma, you do know your mum's going to die, don't you? Gosh. Can you imagine? And I said, oh. what? I said, what? Yeah. And she goes, oh, she's, she's going to die. Like she said, I'm, I'm really sorry. This is not, she said, what's probably going to happen is over the next year, she's going to get iller and, you know, you're going to have to look after her and you're going to have to be there and present and, you know, willing to sort of help her as she gets weaker. And, and I sort of went, Fucking joke. Kidding yeah, me. Yeah. And I lost my, I mean, I can't even remember it. It was yeah. it's a blur one. Yeah, because so enraged. Yeah, and I think enraged. my grandpa was really cross about how Auntie Louise had um delivered the news. Yeah. But you know, in a way, I no one else was it's, no one yeah. else had done it. It's one of them things where at the time you're gonna point it out and go, You bloody bitch for doing yeah. that. But then you look back at high and you think you're the only one who's keeping the it real with me. The only one who said to me, yeah. And yeah. I remember, and I remember ringing dad and going, don't you know mum's going to die? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think it just, I mean, I don't blame myself for being like that, but I do, and you know, poor dad, and what we need to know about my dad, I love my dad. Yeah. Daddy is very much a head in the sand kind yeah. of man, yeah. shall we say. As, as men Still are. Still is. Yeah, men are. And he sort of wasn't, he didn't want to hear it, didn't want to know. Yeah. Absolutely not. And yeah, he basically, how it all happened was I went to bed that night and I remember so well lying on the floor because we had a lot of us staying there. I was lying on a mattress on the floor looking up at the ceiling mm. and they had stuck to the ceiling those um, glowy in the dark yeah, light yeah. stars. Yeah. And I remember looking up and it was the first time the gravity of it hit me and uh. I remember going, my mum's going to die. Oh, and then and then and seeing the stars and being like she's gonna be literally nothing more than like stardust. Than a stardust. Yeah, yeah, like I was literally like yeah. she's gonna. How can you even begin to comprehend that? Especially mm. when she's still alive. Yeah, but yeah, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't sit not with those even, two yeah. realities that she's still alive, but she's not gonna be. And, Do you reckon you know, that was maybe like your grief just already then? I think it was. Starting. Well, I didn't have time for no, it because actually yeah. we got on the train the next day, um, back up to Newcastle and. I was with, oh, and actually no, Gran was there mm. because I was with Gran and Grandpa on the train and they live in, uh, lived in North Yorkshire. So, and we got to Darlington mm. and I always remember Gran said, Alan, <laughs> you got to get off the bloody train and go and pick up the turkey. <laughs> and Grandpa said, oh, I don't think it's that important. You know, we'll just get one. Yeah. And she said, no, we need the turkey. <laughs> My grand. You trying to be like, yeah. And and grandpa sort of said, okay, you know, obliged if we must. Got off the train, you know, from to come back up tomorrow with the turkey, and um, this on the nineteenth of December, and we all go up to go and see mum, and um, they said, um, mum had texted dad, I think, something, and saying, um, or texted us saying. Why don't you all come and see me tomorrow? Because I'm I'm just not feeling up to it. I'm, I need to get yeah. drained or whatever it was, um, and I'm just feeling a bit under the weather. I'd like to be on better form when I see the kids. Yeah. And I said no, mm. no, I'm going to go and see her. Yeah. And Gran and Gran actually for once she didn't, you know, me and my Gran. <laughs> <laughs> but heads. It was a, it was an interesting time for yeah, us when yeah. she was staying with us quite a lot, and yeah. she wouldn't let me watch America's Next Top Model. <laughs> As much as I wanted to. Furious. Furious. Um, and I said, no, we're going to go and see her. I want to go and see her. I need to see her. And then we went, got to the hospital. 
and um, in the evening, went to go and see her. And actually, she was on quite good form. Yeah. Um, we were all there, and it was very sad, but no one had said she's yeah, going to die. Yeah. We still hadn't acknowledged this out, out loud. Um, but Dad always does say that he said to her um, some sort of comment like, oh, I've just... Um, Granny and Grandpa, his mum and dad, have just given us some money to go away. So when you're feeling better, we can we can go away for a little yeah. weekend away. And he says now, looking back, she sort of looked at him like, Darling. I mean, you can't see this on podcast, yeah, but that's sort of thinking. Look at him silly, like you silly, silly yeah, git. Come on now, let's come not, on let's now. Not I'm be not fools. gonna. But yeah. you know, she just sort of smiles but at him. Don't want to crush his. Yeah, not gonna yeah. crush yourself right yeah. now. And then bless him. Oh no, bless him. He's just so. Yeah. Um, and then he. And they, they went to go and have a word with the doctors. And he said it was the elephant in the room. No one asked the question. Yeah. And he said he just was, it was on the tip of his tongue every yeah, time. You know, how, how long did she have? Is she gonna, yeah. But no one asked it. And because at this stage, we very much thought she'd be coming out of hospital. Yeah. And then I remember we, we went, all said goodbye. And dad, I think, said something, you know, oh, should I stay? And she said, no, just come back tomorrow. It's fine yeah. you know don't don't be silly be like, dark, I'll be here yeah tomorrow. I'll be here and she was you know I'll be fe- feeling so much better and she said tomorrow I'll be dancing on the tables that's yeah. literally what she said oh, like, oh. That's lovely. which is quite like poignant now when you know what happened yeah but um we went home that night had cheese on toast sorry I'm probably gonna have like a lot of the food because no, I feel I, like the I food lo- I, lo- I love that though that you can pinpoint yeah I pinpoint the, memories I, by the, my the food. food but that I, I love yeah. that I actually adore that yeah. I hang I hang a lot of my memories on the food yeah. I have and actually, I remember very well. Should I tell you what we had for go supper? Go on, go on, go on. <laughs> so we went home. And also on the TV programmes, weirdly. Yeah. I was watching that programme, um, what, Dirty Dancing, the competition. Oh, yeah. It was a great, great series. <laughs> and we were watching the final of that. And we all had, um, we had cheese on toast, mm. posh cheese on toast. Yum. We had like crispy ham and chutney <laughs> and gooey um, mature cheddar done yeah. in the aga, exactly. And it was absolutely delicious. Yeah. I still remember it now. Yeah. And it was so comforting. And I remember feeling feeling quite... Mm, I was very in the moment yeah. with my food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, I sort you're, of wasn't you're really, really thinking so, about what was going it on. But I was sort yeah. of there. And we went to bed that night. And, I, and Jack, me and Dad slept in the same bed. And we were all there. And I woke up. And I, I woke up with a start mm. at six in the... Uh, must have been just before seven in the morning. Yeah. And I mean, I literally, like... Slept out. Up yep. like that in bed. And I just sort of was like... <gasps> and then yeah. I sort of... Dad and Jack were just like, mm, just go yeah, back to sleep. Go back, so I went back down. to sleep. And then... Or it might have been a little bit earlier than that because then I... And then I w- did exactly the same thing again. Up with a start, like yeah. sat ball up. And as I sat ball up, the phone rang. Oh, it's so And scary. it's just so spooky. It was so weird because I remember it. And the phone rang and it was the hospital. And they said, you've got to come to the hospital. She's deteriorated. Yeah. And... Declined. Which is what they say. Which yeah. I think I heard in your episode. The sort yeah. of, they don't... I think they make a point of not telling well, you what's yeah, happened. Say, yeah. Um, or the, the details. And yeah. they said, you've got to come to the hospital. So we go to the hospital. And this moment was would stick in my mind because... At this point, you've got Graham staying over. Mm-hmm. Graham, God bless Graham, love mm-hmm. her. But she's squawking, yeah. saying, My daughter's gonna fucking die! Yeah. Absolutely losing her shit on the landing. Yeah. And dad's just like, 
Jean, come on, we need to go. Come on, come on we need kids, to. Yeah, yeah like, we just get in the car. We've got to get in the car. Yeah. And we're all just sort of quite dazed. Yeah. Get to the hospital, and I am. I mean, I. I'm not a particularly athletic person. <laughs> I don't think I've ever run so yeah. far. And also, yeah, it's like no. a maze. Oh, is it? And this is yeah. when I was listening to your yeah. episode. Running, running, running. Yeah. You can't get there quick enough. It was honestly, yeah. I just felt like I was on a treadmill. Yeah. I was like, why is this hospital Can I not get anywhere? so freaking yeah. big? Like, what is this hospital? <laughs> and I'm there, and I'm just running, and I'm running, and I'm running. And this is the bit, I mean. But yeah, you get there. Get onto the ward, and, and the French go, and I'm like, yeah. <sighs> Panting, nurse's face. She just looks at me, yeah. and I know she's gone. It's like you run and you're running, but like you're, you're running, and you sort of know what you're running yeah. to. Weird. So why would you run? Why to would you run like that? I know. And you get there, and you're still surprised. Still surprised. Yeah. And even then, I, I mean, like I can't really remember what happened because I think I just collapsed to the floor. Just, yeah. But what was interesting was I. I spoke about that mo- moment with my brother. So yeah. my brother was alongside me. So this little 12-year-old, yeah. he is running with me, keeping yeah. up with me. Yeah. Probably, yeah, probably to be fair, probably, yeah. probably yeah. quicker yeah. than me, let's be fair. <laughs> and um, he, yeah, I don't remember anyone else in that moment. Yeah. I just, all I can think of is me yeah. and making a rack. All I remember yeah. is I made an absolute bloody racket. Yeah. And being ushered into the family room because obviously everyone else on the ward is trying to sleep. It's quite early in the morning. And I said... Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My brother and I spoke about it for the first time probably about five years ago in his room. And such a special moment we had because... Mm we shared that memory yeah. but we've never spoken about yeah. it and we'll always share that yeah. memory and I sort of said to him I said I I just I don't remember really what mm. happened you know I don't even remember you being there yeah. and he said well I don't really remember either but I remember you were making such a noise oh. he said like an anim- like an animal no, it is. noise it is. It's a and he and I think anyone listening who's obviously been through that We'll know it's you like know the noise. It's the not like it comes from like a primal, uh, just, just yeah, a yeah. like a howling yeah. animal. And he and then bless and I said, well, what about you? You know how how were you in that moment? Mm. And he just said, he said, well, no one told me she was going to die. I didn't know uh, what was going on. He said I had no, I had no idea. I just yeah. thought she wasn't very well. Yeah. And I thought, oh god, you know, you you were so young. He was really thrown in the deep end. And he was just yeah. absolutely, you know, how do you even as a twelve-year-old begin to? And you know, Jack was well. Jack went through his life being fluctuated between being a mummy's boy and a daddy's yeah, boy at different times. Yeah. But 
you know, mum was a very tactile mum and she was very, you know, slobbery kisses for yeah, everyone, fiddling with your ears, yeah. left, right, centre, which is, oh. I've definitely inherited. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. And, um, and so, you know, she was a very physical presence in our life yeah. and very touch and very sort of um, all-encompassing in that yeah. way. So I think for him to just have that pulled out from him, because dad isn't in the same way, you know, dad's a very quiet, gentle soul. And he's more, he was always the one that would take us out to play in the back lane. Or he was the one, you know, he'd go for walks with us. But mum was the one who was at home cooking. And she was, you'd come in. The the real nurturing sort of, yeah, figure really. Um, And yeah, that's what happened. And, you know, I think about it now and I think, Grandpa didn't arrive till three hours later. Yeah. Walks into the family room with his chicken. Oh, oh, no, with no. his turkey. Oh, Can you believe it? And he just walked in and you just saw our faces and he knew and he just yeah. went, no, you don't. And he was very much, and then Grandma's going, I can't believe I sent you home for the fucking turkey. Yeah. And, and, like and he, he was, was very, Grandpa, oh, I love him. He was just so, he said, no recriminations. He said, no, I don't want regret. I don't. No, yeah. He said, let's, let's not, not think about let's it. Not. Let's not even go there. You know, at least we've got a nice turkey for Christmas. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just appreciate yeah, this let's turkey. Yeah, let's just appreciate the bloody turkey. No, yeah. But, you can't yeah. kick yourself for things like that. Yeah, you yeah. can't. Otherwise, you, you would, you know, you're, and I... You're and I've, away for the rest of your life. Yeah, you would. And I, and I listened to that podcast that, with you and you were talking about the guilt thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, I've dealt with that over the years in a huge way mm. I've um you know I even and I think you even said on the podcast mm. about the cup of teas you didn't make them yeah oh the cup yeah. of teas I didn't make you mom just think, yeah you think oh and she's screaming make me a cup of tea yeah no, be like, oh, think, he should always be like oh, oh go on go make me a cup on. of tea and I'm like no, no I'm on my oh, phone leave me alone yeah. and one of the the about that like one of the things that I remember an unkindness I had to mum I did mm. to mum was that and it always stuck with me. I was about to go out clubbing, as yeah. I said. Um, and I was dressed up to the nines. And I needed to eat something before. Yeah. And we had one cod in a bag. Did you have yeah. that cod in the cod bag? Cod in a bag. No. Oh, 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 so good. Bell-ish. I'm really fancy one now, actually. We just have these <laughs> cod in a bag. But you sort of last minute, if you yeah. if you need to go somewhere, you yeah, need to quit. Yeah, So I had a cod in the bag. And I didn't. she didn't have much of an appetite at that point. But she sort of said... And I had it. And she said... Um, Oh, go on, let me have a bit of your cod in the bag. And yeah. I was like, no, no, it's my cod in the bag. <laughs> and she was like, oh, oh, oh please. Yeah, she's like, oh, please, go on, give, just give me a Still quick bite. Give yeah. me a quick bite. And I was like, mum, you always do that, you're so annoying. Can you just get off? It's like, just get off my bloody cod in the bag. <laughs> my cod. My cod. And I, and I do remember her looking quite hurt by that. Yeah. And it has sort of, over the years, it, it's really upset me. Mm. But then I think, Actually, but you just being you. I was like, being me, and she knew, and she knew I loved it. Yeah. And actually, she—that's one of the things she gave me was a very rooted sense yeah. of love. Yeah. And actually, I think you know she wasn't she wasn't going to be deterred by me no. being my sort of small cruelties. The sixteen-year-old, yeah, because no, she knew she knew yeah. she knew fundamentally. She knew you weren't a cruel child. She yeah. Knew you, yeah. You just, you're just being a teen. <laughs> being a teenager. Being a teenager. And I was. A teenager I was. <laughs> yeah, but then that's what happened, and I think, um, and then we go on to the after. <laughs> yeah, so we move on to, so obviously, so you're going on 12, 13 years. Yeah, 12, 13 so, yeah. years. So, going, f- what's it been like going from 
your teen years into mm. young adolescence into womanhood to where you are now and to lead into sort of the next question like what's your outlook on life now um do you think anything positive has come out of your grief yeah like, and these last 12 13 mm. years what's it been like I think um firstly yes I think a lot has come out of my grief yeah um I think you know I wouldn't be sitting here today yeah yeah 100 but um I think well to go back what the what yeah, what, what it was it like? like? Yeah, so it was. So six, yeah, as we said, sixteen is a, a pretty tricky age. Yeah. Um, and you know, when I think now, I was on the cusp. Mm. We talk about the cusp. Yeah. But I really was on the cusp of mm. um, becoming a young woman. Yeah. You know, I hadn't had a, a, a real boyfriend. Um, hadn't lost my virginity. Yeah. When my mum was around. <laughs> alive. Place. Yeah, my V play. <laughs> hadn't kissed. Oh, no, I definitely kissed. Yeah. No, let's, let's not be sitting there. I definitely kissed. But, you know, I was very much... There were so many milestones yeah. that I hadn't yet had yeah. when mum died. And so many milestones that really, you know, I, I needed mum to, to guide be. me through. And one thing I will say for myself is I'm resourceful. Yeah. And I very quickly... And I don't know if it was a conscious thing, but definitely subconsciously, I realised I needed female role models i needed female yeah women in my yeah. life um and yeah i don't think it was an active choice to begin with but i um within a year of mum dying i got my first boyfriend mm. max and he very quickly in that relationship um i went to his house mm. and i met his mum nikki and that was one of the most single defining moments of yeah. my past 12, 13, the past 12, 13 years mm. of my life going forward because I, in Nikki, I went out with Max. You know, we were just each other's first, yeah. first loves, first boyfriend and girlfriend. And um, we went out for all in all, you know, not even a year, mm. really. But in, and it was before I went traveling mm. after uni. But in that time... I became incredibly, incredibly close, close with his mum, yeah. separate to Max, actually. Mm -hmm. And the family, I became part of yeah. that family. And I and I did become aware of that, that yeah. I was, I had this relationship with Max and it, and it felt very important and it was yeah. very all-encompassing at the time. Yeah. But I was also aware that actually the thing I really needed and wanted in that moment yeah. was this maternal figure, figure yeah. to cook me food. Because, yeah. you know, I went from having... You know the perfect setup. Glorious food. Yeah, I had. Yeah. I would come back from school every day, and Mum would have cooked. You know, yeah. we had this thing that she would message me most days and check in with what I wanted, and she'd almost she'd always say something like, "How's your day going?" Yeah, and she'd be able to gauge. Yeah, yeah. By what or what you fancy for supper, and she'd be able yeah. to gauge how my day. Yeah, been going. yeah. And you know, and we'd we'd often sit around the table, and it was, you know, when I think of my home and my childhood, it's. I think of warmth and I think yeah. of nourishment and mm -hmm. I think of love. And I have to say, when I think of the, the years following it and I think of my home, it feels like a very different space. It yeah. was a very cold, a very yeah. sad place. It was, well, you know... The person who gave, like, obviously dad still did. Yeah. But the person who gave the majority of it... Yeah. Of the love, the nourishing, the comfort has yeah. been stripped. It so was stripped. How yeah. could that household 
ever still be yeah, like Yeah, and it, it couldn't. Yeah. And I think it was really, and dad was, you know, he was dealing with the own loss of mm. his soulmate and his um, his lover, his best yeah. friend, his partner in life. Yeah. And I think he, you know, he did a brilliant job. Yeah. He, he did the best he could in so many ways. But he was so sad. And yeah. he was, and, and to go back to the food, for me, when I think of it, it was the food of grief that we yeah. ate. It was your beige fodder. Yeah, which, yeah beige By food. the way, I love beige fodder and <laughs> I will never slag off <laughs> beige fodder and pasta. But we kind of survived off it. Yeah. I mean, that was what we were eating. And then I go to the Smith's house and, and I'm very mm. visual yeah. and I just think in that way, you'd walk through and it was buzzing yeah. and it was full of love and life and what you used to know yeah what I used to enjoy and there'd always be something delicious on and I'd and, and 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 because it's a big family it's four four kids and then Nikki and Storm it would the everyone would sit around the table and everyone would be talking over each other yeah. and talking about this and that it's and just to be a part of chaos, that yeah and my brother had a similar thing with his first girlfriend he really yeah. he latched onto that sort of family dynamic mm. and it was very hard when they broke up but for me um when I broke up with Max it wasn't the end of my relationship yeah. with the Smiths and I think that's something that a lot of people even mm. to this day yeah. find really really oh difficult gosh, yeah. they go oh my god that's so weird I can't believe you're still in touch with yeah, your like, first just and it. I just say you know what I feel deeply grateful for my first relationship with think? Max because yeah. actually it opened the door because it was important in lots of ways it yeah. was in you know romantic and me finding myself and but actually it was more important that it it was a catalyst for me finding mm. the Smiths. Yeah. And when I now think, you know, they've grown to be such an, uh, such a sort of embedded part yeah. of my life. And, and the way it's worked is that, you know, n I met Max's little sister, Gia, mm. when she was nine. Yeah. Now she's just celebrated her 21st birthday. Yeah. Um, and, oh no, she hasn't. She's just celebrated her 20, sorry, Gia. <laughs> uh, her 20th birthday. <laughs> Almost. Yeah, she's in, she was born in the millennium. Yeah. Oh. Um, and, so I've like, I was able to be a mentor for Gia yeah. and a big sister for yeah. Gia. And then Nikki was able to be a real figure of support for me. Mm. And then, you know, Storm will often call me his second daughter. Yeah. And now it's just, I feel, I just go back and I've, I bring, I bring Tom. I mean, exactly. I've been to stay in that holiday house with Tom. Yeah. And I know that sounds really weird. No, but it's not. But like, relationships can come in so many different yeah. shapes and sizes. And just because he was your boyfriend when you were like, you know, in yeah, your 17. For God's sake. Yeah, I was only 17, For God's 18. sake. Like, yeah. But how lovely that you now have, they gave you that little bit of like life again. Yeah, when I needed it the when most, I think. you needed it. And yeah, whatever it was, your ex-boyfriend at the time, but if it can come in that form it can come in yeah. why not like it can why come, yeah. not it's like a little parcel why would you like throw that gift. away well why that's what I said and away? I just think and that's what I would say to anyone that yeah. has had you know whatever sort of loss but if it is a mother loss yeah I think don't be ashamed to own yeah. the fact that you that you need a sort of I you think crave can, it yeah I can think people can see it as quite um Maybe like shameful thinking, okay, my mum's died. Obviously, we all know that no one would ever replace our mothers yeah. with what they gave us. But I think a lot of people can feel quite guilty for trying yeah. to search it and other or people. Or embarrassed as well. Yeah. Because, you know, you I used to sit at those parties and I'd be hanging out with all the mums. Me too. <laughs> I found, you know what, like I, where I work, there's a lot of older women mm. and I find that I just gravitate to them more. Yeah, of course. Not even in a sense of I want them to mollycoddle me or mother me, but just 
just sometimes even hearing them talk about their kids yeah, and how they totally. are. I just love being around it. And I've got lots of older older yeah. friends. And for a long time, I thought, oh my God, oh my friends thinking I'm trying to take their mum. Like, am I trying to be like, like you a know, it is funny because I, I have, yeah. Am I trying to yeah. be top thingy and yeah. stuff like that? Like, am I actually trying to trump this person's daughter? Like, what the fuck is wrong with me? But... I think there's no shame in it as long as you have a healthy relationship healthy. and you're and it's not a trying. It's yeah. totally, it's a different thing as well. I think you know, it's it's weird because Nikki at different times has been a supportive maternal figure. You know, yeah. especially when I was younger, cooking me supper. And, yeah. But actually now, as I, as we've grown up, as I've grown up as well into into womanhood. <laughs> She's a friend. Yeah. She is a is a mentor. Your She's, level. Yeah, we we're feels. equal, and yeah. we you know, and I celebrate her birthday last year last um december i took her away because part of my job yeah. a work perk i get to review a lot of amazing places yeah. and i thought you know what i'm gonna take, take her away her, and yeah. we went for a spa weekend oh. and it was so special Lovely. to just have that time and we yeah. celebrated life living oh. love all of it and we just had such lovely special time yeah and i call it I've, and i wrote about it in a magazine um the first time I wrote publicly about mum and yeah. the loss was for Stylist magazine in 2016 yeah. and Stylist Online, in fact. And that, I didn't plan to write that, mm. which is, and we can talk about that, how yeah. my writing works about this, my process. But, and the, and it was all about being without a mum on Mother's Day. Yeah. And for me, I, whenever I write about my grief, mm. I don't, want to write about it from a place of its depth and mm. despair because yeah. I will write and acknowledge that mm-hmm. and acknowledge the sadness I'll never try and yeah, undermine no, the sadness yeah. but I feel th- the gift that I can give is being able to write yeah to, when I've worked through particular things and obviously you're it's an always you're always working through it's a process yeah. but to be able to offer people who are further down the line mm. or not as far down the line yeah, as me to be able to look at to me and think and read my words yeah. and story and think it's okay it's it's okay it will never and be okay never, like i'm gonna get through yeah. it yeah I, um, I will eventually be at exactly place. yeah and you you know it, you'll ne- it'll never be okay your mm-hmm. mum's died yeah. or whoever has died it just it just won't yeah. it will just always be shitty yeah um but but what it doesn't have to be is something that weighs down on your joy in life and I think that's I've always wanted to write about that because I think um with the piece I wrote for stylist the angle I actually came at it from was you know yes I acknowledge it's a very hard time Mother's Day and you know for me I I find it best I just kind of switch off really from it all I just disengage from it but what I do I wanted to celebrate the other mothers in my yeah. life, as I yeah. call them. And that's yeah, what I call I them, that. the other mothers. Yeah. And they're not my mother, they're not no. my mum, but they are in their own ways, each of them. And lives, it's my yeah. auntie, it's my friend's mums. And in many ways, it's the, the in my professional world, I'm surrounded yeah. by older women. Yeah. And it's those people that each give me their own slice of... Yeah. Um, support yeah. and love yeah. and you know and then it's almost like you can pull it all together yeah and, and you create this yeah, patchwork yeah. mum patchwork <laughs> yeah. yeah which can sit alongside yeah and and that's one thing I wrote about actually um when I wrote about the stay with uh Nikki um in the Lake District and I said you know I had that feeling of 
when we were walking outside, it was sort of Nikki who was there. And then I felt like mum was there as yeah. well in a different way. Because even when we weren't talking about her, she was in every... In everything. She's, she yeah. hangs in yeah. all the conversations Just, I have yeah, and yeah. everything. And I feel like that every day. Yeah. And I'm not, and I'm not a spiritual person. But what I do think, and I think it's biology in a way, mm. that if, if you have been lucky enough to have a strong um, a mother yeah. who has loved you in a very deep and secure yeah. way, that you, after, long after that person has gone, you are able to tune into that love yeah. in, a, almost in, in a physical yeah, way. Yeah. Like you can physically well, you know, self say, you know, you turn into, yourself. You know, so you turn into mother and stuff mm. like that. But I genuinely yeah, do feel sometimes... They're a part of you. But there's parts of yeah. you that, yeah. Because it's the think. memory. And, and, and it's also, they, they're such a big part of you, who you are. They burnt yeah. you. They came out their vagina. Yeah, you literally came out their vagina. I mean, you, you could not be more connected. How could you not, yeah. And you, are, and you remain connected. And I think for me, you know, even things like, you know, Tom and I were going through a bit of a rocky patch yeah. last year. Yeah. You won't mind me saying. Yeah. And I actually... Um, I remember one day when I was feeling really lost and upset about it, mm. and I was thinking, you know, all I want right now is I need to be able to ring my mum. Yeah. Because what actually, no one will do right now. Yeah. And I, I had an amazing conversation with Nikki, and I had lots, of, and I, I did pull my resources, yeah. but, but actually, it came down to it when there was no one who yeah. I wanted to talk to about yeah. her. Sometimes when them resources don't work, yeah. then you're Sometimes like, they do fall oh short. My gosh, they do. Yeah. And, you, and you're left with the sadness and the reality that That's she's when you're not left there. with grief, just yeah, face on. Yeah. yeah, you're left with that grief. And the absence. Yeah. And I remember sitting there and um, and I got my phone out and I and and I really recommend this for anyone. I had some candles lit, music, and I typed out the questions I would ask her yeah. on my phone. And then I just breathed deeply and I responded yeah. as her. And it was the most it was like what would mum do? It was amazing because yeah. I wasn't it wasn't conscious, it wasn't me thinking consciously, oh she would say this. I yeah. was literally felt like yeah, I was channeling her from her fingertips. That's a really good tip. And it, yeah, and it was almost being able to tune into that inner. Yeah. It's you know in some ways it's it's an inner wisdom mm. that you've it's got your subconscious. Your, it's it? yeah, yeah, but but I, I for me it felt really useful to be able to tune into that and channel it yeah. through mum and or channel mum and yeah and do you know what I felt it was she's. It, she said the things that I wasn't able to access in that moment yeah. because I was so flared up, I was yeah. feeling so triggered, yeah. I was feeling so sad that I didn't have access to that no, stuff. Yeah. But then I'm maybe just able. putting it as, yeah. this is mum and yeah. this isn't me, just self-soothes it, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it was, like, it was like genuine self-soothing. Whereas if you were to say to yourself, no, oh, you need to do down. this, oh, yeah, yeah, do yeah. this, but if you kind of yeah, embody or embody feel like it. you are embodying yeah. mum... And it's mum saying it. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll listen to yeah. that. Maybe. And I just let yeah. myself sort of That's be lovely. soothed by yeah. it. And yeah, and I, and I can do that. I do do that sometimes where I think, and I never really plan it, but I think if I'm in the bath or something, yeah. you know, I've had a conversation with her. Yeah, oh, and no, it's, yeah. And I'm, I'm talking, and I can, it's weird. Yeah. And literally, the words that come out, the words that come out my mouth, yeah. sound like her it is so strange and you don't think you're spiritualist i'm, I'm thinking you are a no bit. because <laughs> okay i'm not going to push but yeah sounds i'm very i think i'm very grounded in yeah. her yeah and i think i'm very i think i've internalized her yeah and who she was and her mm. spirit yeah you know I, i've yeah. internalized her as a person yes. so much 
that I think rather than it being spiritual, I think it's almost like biological. Yeah. Like I've biological. Like it's intertwined. In, it's so intertwined with my new, like yeah. in my brain, yeah. the way that m- I've developed and the way my nervous system works, yeah. I can now tune in yeah. to the soothing that my mum was able to give me. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Love that. Next one. What we talk, yeah. yeah. And then to do with, yeah. Yeah, so, just, so with that then, so mm. with that, what's your outlook on life now then? My outlook on life is that it is just an absolute miracle. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's so... Like, a lot of the times that... Because I have a therapist who mm. is... And who also, in many ways, embodies that a, a sort of um, a maternal role yeah. in some ways. And she's amazing. And, and so much that it comes back to in when I'm talking to her is if I'm really upset about something or... For example, we are recording this yeah. amidst corona anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the things that um, it comes back to, like when I was saying, you know, I'm feeling a bit anxious about the, the corona yeah. thing. You know, I'm, I'm, as you said, I'm very morbid and yeah. I sort of think of the worst case scenarios. And she said, well, let's flip it on its head. She said, why are you upset mm. about that? And she said, the reason you're upset, maybe I said this, but we worked out together, mm. is because is because I don't want to, I don't want to die. Like yeah. I, and, and why do I not want to die? I don't want to die because I think it's, because I just love, I love living. Yeah. <laughs> it, and it sounds, no, and even when course, it's not yeah. good, you yeah. know, I'm not yeah, someone. You, you love life for, for it's good and it's bad yeah, days. Yeah, and I think that is one thing that's come out of my grief is that I'm, you know, I'm definitely not someone who is happy all the time, you know. No, yeah. The roller coaster, as Tom would say. But I am someone who, um, who wants to be and tries to be at least exist in mm. my days. Yeah. Um, and I think when I don't do that and I do have moments when I'm really stressed out with work or I'm feeling anxious and what I tend to do is I do become quite detached mm. and I can become also quite in my own head. Yeah. Um, and that's something I really, my grief actually can pull out, can pull me out of it occasionally. Yeah. Um, and tuning into sort of, yeah, what a privilege it is to it's, be alive. Yeah, it's got sort of like your grief sometimes will come and put its face in your face and it may bring you down. But sometimes, yeah, your grief, like you've just said, will come to you in the times where you are down yeah. and go, you know how fragile life yeah. can be and how... Pay attention. How lucky you are to be here. Get your fucking finger out and yeah. let's go. So grief can be the little devil or the yeah, little angel on the shoulder. Can. I totally agree with you. Yeah. And I think what people don't talk about, um, you know, as much, and what I would want anyone who's going through grief to know, is that there are moments with your grief that can be beautiful. Mm. And sometimes, but they can be beautiful and sad at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Brutal and beautiful. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I had it's a very moment. Intense. Yeah, it's very intense. Yeah, it's intense. And you, can't, and you often can't plan it. And... Mm. and and I had a moment like this, and I can't really, I really can't remember the last time I actually cri- like had a real big cry. Yeah. I think I'm, in many ways, I'm a high-functioning griever yeah. sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did have a moment three days ago, and that will, and that came about because, as I said, I've been feeling very grounded and feeling yeah. really present, and and I think that can crack you open sometimes. Yeah. And I was in the conservatory, as I said earlier, birds tweeting, 
um, sun shining through. Mm. And for whatever reason, um, out of, and I say I'm not spiritual, I'm like, yeah. something plopped out yeah. of the air. <laughs> but it did. I, yeah. I had, and, and it actually wasn't mum. Yeah. It wasn't a mum grief moment. It was a moment of grief over um, a teacher yeah. that I had, um, Mr. Baxter. And he, and I have not thought about Mr. Baxter. Yeah. Haven't let myself think about really, him yeah. for years. Yeah. Because I found it really actually too painful yeah. to think about. And he was such a huge influence on my, both my life and so many other people, um, generations of people who, yeah. you know, a generation of people who went to my school, really. And for whatever reason, he came in, he came into my day in a very, very strong, strong. way. I mean, knocked me sideways. Yeah. I was sitting there, I had some work to do, and I really, and I couldn't, he, he I just... so persistent. It yeah. was like, I, I was heaving, sobbing, yeah. and it was so painful yeah. I mean I genuinely could feel the loss and yeah. I haven't felt that loss for such a long time I think my body was sort of shaking I had it and that feeling in your gut when it's just you feel like you've been yeah. scooped out yeah and that's what I felt and and everything in me wanted to just shut it down and yeah. go oh my god just come on yeah. come on yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. come on come get and it out. didn't and I don't know why I didn't but I I just sat with it and I just was sort of I just thought to myself right no just really sit with it sit yeah. with it sit with it and I kept going, and I was honestly crying for over three hours. It was Gosh. extraordinary. Yeah. I've, and and it just didn't stop. It, yeah. I mean, it just kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. And then the next thing, I'm on his Facebook page, reading all the comments that people left. Like rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. Yeah. But I was really, he was there. He was so, so many things. I was reliving conversations I'd had yeah. with him and, and tracing the relationship that we'd had. Yeah. He'd been such a mentor to me and the support, especially after mum died. Yeah. And... Do you know, I came out the end of it and all I felt was gratitude. Mm. I honestly felt the most, this deep, deep sense of just a gift, like the gift yeah. of life. Yeah. I was like, that someone can die, my mum, Mr. Baxter, and that they can still have a physical presence yeah, in the world. An impact on An me. impact, you know, that I was like, that is... Extraordinary, like, oh, yeah. extraordinary, and I feel like that about my mum. Feel that about Mr. Baxter. Feel that about my grand and grandpa, my granny and grandpa. You know, they're important people who've died, and I, I just, you, they just scattered little yeah. bits of magic around yeah, the world. And you know, it's not what you've done in your life. It's not what you've um, physically left. It is often, like, and it, and is it Maya Angelou who said, you know, it's how, um, how you it's feel. how you make people feel. feel. You can, and you can say, you yeah, can, how you make them feel. It's how you make stick. them feel. Yeah. And that is what sticks. And that is the thing that in years to come, they're able to tune into yeah. and be able to also pay it forward. Because mm. I now feel that me sitting there a few days ago and tuning into that, that grief with Mr. Baxter is something that I've never felt ready to do. Yeah. I felt like all the things that he gave me and taught me, you know, and he... Well, yeah, I could do another episode on Mr. Baxter, but you know, the thing, one of the things he did give me was yeah. he said, um, he pulled me aside when I was a, um, a, a very sassy <laughs> 12 year old, 13 year old. <laughs> and I was in an art class and I'd been unkind to someone. And he said to me, he said, Kid, meet me after, meet me after the class, will you? I love it, Newcastle. Yeah, Kids. yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> Kid, meet me. And I, I sort of went, Oh, why? Yeah. Okay, fine. And I went in and he said to me, um, He said, Look, you know, I think you're absolutely marvellous. Yeah. I think you're talented. I think you're brilliant. And you know what else? I don't care about any of that stuff if you're not kind. 
And yeah. I was like, oh, and I think wow. about it now. And he just got me because he said it was such... He said it with kindness. He gave yeah. it to me as a gift it as kindness. It wasn't cruel. It wasn't, wasn't cruel. just, he just a said, lesson. Kids, yeah, a lesson. you could he, be rich. You could be yeah. talented beyond belief. But if you're unkind... If you're unkind. He said, I don't care about any of it. And he said, and, and he said, and it, so it's important you think about that and you really oh, yeah i, I know, know why. it's so, I know. Really sad, it's so yeah. and that's sad, actually but yeah but that's so. the thing because I, I and i had that and you know how many years later he died he died in 2011 mm. and it's you know almost a decade later yeah. that i've actually tuned into that yeah. truth and yeah. i'm like you know and i think i've been a much kinder person because of it in yeah. lots of different ways you wouldn't think just that one line yeah but that one line you. and i remember i went home yeah. that night and i'd been fighting with mum loads i think i really was i asked my dad and he says 12, 13, it was not a good age for me. <laughs> and I think of it, and I and I remember going home, and I think I apologised, I think I fought with mum that day, yeah. the, earlier that day, and I sort of apologised to her. And then, and do you know what I, I do? I went into the world after that, and I was just with just a different, I started noticing things, I started noticing little cruelties, yeah. and, you know, I'm not saying I'm a saint, I'm not saying I've gone through no, and been yeah. totally, but it definitely made like me more think, conscious. Yeah, yeah. more conscious. And I think now the gift of grief a few days ago mm. was for me to feel like I'm in a position now to harness what he, the gift he gave yeah. me and you know maybe be generous and pass it forward because mm. I'm feeling in a in a place in my life where I've yeah. got a bit of space and I've yeah. got a bit of energy and to do that um yeah and I think that with my mom as well you know yeah. I think I I'm uh, yeah with the, the stuff I'm putting out in the world about mum yeah um I don't want to do it all the time. I don't want it to be my bread and butter. Yep. I don't want to have to feel like I have to, you know, um, always dig deep into my yeah. own grief. No, yeah, yeah. But I want to feel like I've got, I, I can build a platform and I can build space in my career yeah. that in those moments that I do feel that sense of clarity and a deep sense of being able to put into words yeah. things that, you know, maybe other people are feeling and they're not quite there yet or they yeah. can't put them into words or they... That's hundred percent. That's how I feel. Like yeah. when I came across you and yeah. Yeah, to touch on your writing, mm. um, when I came across your page and your writing and things like that, I was like, oh my Christ! Like this, this is exactly how I'm feeling, mm. but I just don't know how to put it pen yeah. to paper. Oh, that's lovely and to hear. And I just hear. thought, oh, just there's just some you, you just appreciate a bit of writing or poetry mm. you see it that can just really touch you and. Doesn't make me sad. Doesn't make me like yeah dig deep into my grief. Mm. It's just one of the things I go. Oh, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, you hit the nail. Feels on the like head a truth. There. Yeah, and I just think, oh, amazing, amazing. Like, and if I need to refer back to, if I get that sort of unknown feeling of, not sure I, what this is. What is this? Like, you can find pages like yours and writing where I think it's the beauty. Oh, that's what it is. It's that's the beauty. It it's yeah. a beauty, and it's the power of you know words and and also just connecting. Yeah. I just think that is one thing that I've. I really do feel is that and I've always been a bit of a hoarder with letters and, yeah I love that though and and all that and but it is because I just think the written word and not just the written word you know podcasts yeah. or illustrations you know I draw a lot and just being able to communicate those things that we feel yeah they're in your head yeah your heart, it's such an just, it's such yeah. a powerful thing yeah. and you know and I think something like podcasts not everyone wants to um you know not everyone wants to go out into the world and shout about their grief or, yeah you no. know that's not for everyone yeah and that's why that, that's why things like you know maybe my newsletter this podcast there are some people who 
are maybe earlier on in their grief or they just are not struggling with it. Yeah. They are struggling with it. That to know that they can find safe yeah safe, safe spaces, spaces. Yeah. And they can they don't have to say anything. They don't need to say just anything. There's no pressure on observe. them. And that's what yeah. I think for me with my writing. I just want it to be I only ever want to put it out there when I feel like I've worked through to a certain point yeah. those things and yeah. they can offer something. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. not, I don't want to just put them out there for the sake of, you know, I've yeah. got my diaries for that. I've got my... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you my, have, like, yeah we have diaries, we have therapists, we have... I've got all yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> and, and what you see on the page yeah. is a lot of therapy, yeah. <laughs> a lot of diary, a lot of, a lot of words, <laughs> a lot of, you know, maybe some tears. Yeah, put into a lovely... Yeah, and then I parcel it up and I give it to you. <laughs> that is for you. It's for you. You have it and then it's yours to keep and you can do whatever you want with and it. And I love it. I adore it all. I adore it. So to round this up, the yes. big question. Oh, what's the big one? Me? <laughs> So if you could tell your past self one bit of truthful and honest advice for this grief journey you're about to endure, what would it be? So if you could go back to Emma. When she's 16. Yeah. Oh, poor Emma. Poor Jack. Mm. I know. It's like almost as if like an out-of-body experience. You're literally in there with the room and looking at yourself and your brother and whoever and being yeah. like, baby girl, this is about to happen. You mean before she's died or after? In the after Oh, yeah, when she's died. Yeah. And you're literally, well, the, when that wail came out. I think I would, I'd give her a big hug. Yeah. Or I would give her a hug because I think she was so angry. I was so angry. And I, and, and I still have a lot of that. Yeah. I've channeled that anger, I think, and I've worked through it. It's taken me a while. But I just think she just, I felt royally fucked over yeah no, <laughs> yeah and you do that you've been dealt a yeah and shit card and it's a funny thing because i think so i was so lucky in lots and and i am very lucky in lots of ways and mum always used to say that she used to say do you know how lucky you are she said how lucky are you you we live in a family we all love each other and she said we're not the richest people in the world don't have to be she said i don't you know she said i and she said i trade all of this anyway for just you know how lucky we are yeah and, but in the aftermath of that, I didn't feel lucky at all. I mm. felt like the most unlucky person yeah. in yeah, the world. Of course, of course. And I think, um, and it was very much, why me, why me? Mm. And then now I'm very much, well, why not me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's funny. Yeah. Why not? Um, so I think I'd give a big hug and I think I'd just say, surround yourself. You know, I kind of did though. I did yeah. do that. Yeah. I'd say I'd, I'd tell myself to trust myself. Yeah. And trust myself to surround myself with the people and that I need to. Yeah. To also not be scared of my sadness. Yeah. Because I think I was very. I spent a lot of years just being really scared that my sadness would overwhelm yeah. me and would hinder me yeah. in my life. And I'm, you know, I'm very ambitious in what I want to be out in the world and what I want to be doing. And I think I spent a lot of time scared that sort of it wasn't the right time to put things out there yeah. and and so I think I would say that your grief and your sadness is not something to be scared of yeah. it's something that you need to sit with yeah. and let it let it in let it in, let it in. and it's going to be uncomfortable and painful but it's going to be uncomfortable and painful anyway yeah. and it's going to be even more uncomfortable and painful if you, if you don't try and run from yeah. it yeah but you know what? Saying that, I would also say often people do. They do what they've got to do to get by. Of course, to survive. And yeah, and I think just. 
being able to find, seek out those people, whether it's a therapist or it's a teacher. Yeah. Um, I wish we could all be as lucky to have a Mr. Baxter, yeah. but we're not. Um, just be really active and not ashamed yeah. to sort of find people and say, yeah. you, I want yeah. you in my life. Yeah. Because Please of be this. in my life. Yeah, yeah. Don't you know, feel and don't feel ashamed of it, yeah. even if it is you, even if it is your first boyfriend's family. <laughs> Poor Max, no, he's exactly, thinking yeah. I never wouldn't, <laughs> never shaken her yeah, off. Exactly. <laughs> Mom, are you gonna are you gonna make best friends with every girl that I ever bring back? <laughs> Poor him. Oh, I love it. Well, Emma, we're all questioned out. All questioned out. Yeah. How do you feel? I feel good. I feel like I've spoken a lot. No, I love it. I love it. I've always oh. been a chatterbox, though. I don't know why I was thinking I was going to get a mic in front of me and be, um, <laughs> be mute. Yeah. <laughs> that was fantastic. I can't wait to listen to it back and I can't wait to put this out. Um, I'm loving the whole thing on food. Oh, yeah. I I'm loving it. The, um, love it. Food, food is such a, such a big, important thing. A staple thing. for you. Like, even on my Instagram, I feel like it's very... Yeah. Very poignant, very there, yeah. Yeah, it's... It's bringing those two things together. Definitely. I mean, it's been a huge part of my yeah. my grieving, yeah. my cooking has. Fantastic. So before we go, drop anything. Drop your Instagram, drop, oh, drop okay. what you do. So do a plug. you plug. So you can follow me on mm-hmm. my Instagram, which is at Hungry Romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, my Twitter, which I'm on Twitter, I'm on Twitter quite a lot actually yeah. at the minute. Um, I really like it. That's Hungry underscore Romantic. <laughs> Really annoying, whoever took that other one. <laughs> um, and then my website is hungryromantic.co.uk. Um, and that's that's my portfolio, but you can sign up to my newsletter on there, and that's called the Hungry Heart newsletter. Um, and that is, I'm not going to say it's monthly, it's not. It's yeah. very much when, when I feel yeah, the right time yeah. to, to write, yes. put something out there yeah. into the world. Um, and I think... I think that's everything. I yeah. was going to say one other thing and I can't remember what it was. No. If not, text me it and I'll pop it in the um in the Oh, yeah. oh you said a poem. Um yes. maybe a poem. So I I I'm just going to say this. Yeah. It's not the full poem. Maybe you could put it because yeah, 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 it's I'll such put a it yeah, yeah, yeah. by Rilke. Um uh translated by Joanna Macy and I heard it on the podcast um On Being, which mm. is an amazing podcast. Mm. And it's the quote is um is not impermanence the very fragrance of our days. And I just think yeah. that idea of, you know, things, that is what grief has been yeah. to me because that realisation, that deep body realisation yeah. uh, that things don't last forever, yeah. people don't last forever, yeah. everything is impermanent and fragile. And that is the thing that fragrance, yeah. that is... That is yeah. it because once you realise that and you tune into that, everything feels everything, yeah. more bright and beautiful and yeah. precious and living in the moment. Yeah, I'll, I'll, and I'll give you the full that full poem. Yeah, because I just think do. it's such a lovely Love poem. That. Well, I'm happy to finish on that. It's beautiful. Yeah. I say thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I've actually adored this. I can't wait to listen back. It's an hour and 22, but oh, I love long that. long one. I thought love it was that. quite long. I love a lengthy one. And if you don't realise by now the grief gang is lengthy, <laughs> <laughs> you need to quit now. Love, love a long-winded yeah. story. Uh, <laughs> you know, as my dad would say, oh, you do go on, Emma. <laughs> and you love it. <laughs> so grief gang, I'm going to leave at that. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode just as much as I've loved sitting here with Emma and recording it. Thank you for having um, me. Have a wicked week. Bye. 
so guys that is the end of mine and emma's episode um i hope you enjoyed it it was absolutely fantastic to sit down with her and meet her and talk all things mum jenny um and i just wanted to read this little last extract from emma's newsletter the hungry heart i read it and it absolutely moved me and i just thought i need to share um in emma's newsletter this is in her introduction she writes about how she's been a bit of a um a sticky place and she needed some time to think and, and everything like that and she speaks of how she went for a walk one evening back home and then I'm just going to pick it up from here she writes then I looked up and noticed the moon a thin bright crescent hanging confidently confidently above I thought the moon doesn't wait until she's whole to show herself to the world in fact the moon knows she's always whole regardless of how much the world can see if the moon waited until she was perfect and whole to show herself to the world she'd only come out to play once a month about the same frequency with which I'd been leaving the house. It may sound a bit dramatic, but I returned home in the dock and someone something had shifted. The next day the birds were singing outside my window, perhaps I just started listening, as if ushering me to come and play. And for the first time in over a month, I felt like I couldn't wait to leave the warmest of my the warmth of my nest. Can't get me fucking words out. To throw on my favourite dress and dye my hair pink, to meet all the people I wanted to meet and write the words I wanted to write. My hope is I can go forth into the year and keeping this can-do, will-do confidence close enough so that I can wrap it around myself, like that tartan blanket, even when I don't feel it. I hope too that if you're reading this and need it, you'll take this newsletter as your long-winded permission slip to put out into the world the things you most truly want to put out there. Do the things you most truly want to do, even if they're not perfect or you don't quite feel ready. It's better for things to be good enough and exist than to be perfect and only ever remain in your heart and mind. And if you're ever in doubt, just look up at the moon, confident, glowing, perfectly imperfect and always whole, even on those nights when you can't see her. So I'm going to leave it on that, on that lovely, lovely, um, that lovely, lovely text. Um, so yeah, have a wicked week, guys. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.